there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one revelatory page of Talmud every day. And today's page, Sata 35, we continue the astonishing, amazing, my all-time favorite story in the Torah, the story of the spies. A uh, brief reminder for those of us who were not in class yesterday, the story is about Moses sending 12 spies to see Canaan, the promised land, before all the Israelites enter. Two of the spies, Yoshua Benun and Kalev Benifune, come back and say, this place is amazing. We totally see the potential. Two thumbs up. Ten men come back and say, Gavald, this is a disaster. There are giants here, and we seem like ants to them. We seem like crickets to them, and that's probably how they see us as well. It was a total failure of faith and imagination, and that is the reason why we spent 40 years in the desert. But today the Talmud connects us to something even deeper. Have a listen. The Torah states, And they told him and said, We came to the land to which you sent us, and it also flows with milk and honey. And then it is written, However, the people that dwell in the land are fierce. Why did the spies, the Talmud asks, praise the land and then slander it? Rabbi Yochanan says, three statements in the name of Rabbi Meir, represented by the mnemonic device, truth alone borrowing. The first statement answers this question. Any slander that does not begin with a truthful statement ultimately does not stand, i.e. it is not accepted by others. What a complicated notion of there being the possibility of slander being slanderous, not because it's a complete made-up lie, but precisely because it is grounded in something that is real. And to help us work through this, I have the pleasure of welcoming one of the smartest people I know, thinkers I know, writers I know, my dearest friend, the editor of this year's Tablet Magazine. Hello to you, Rabbeinu Alana Newhouse. Go, oh, please. Don't, don't bless me that way. <laughs> So, Alana, I always love talking to you, and there's so many reasons I thought of you for this specific bit. But in particular, it brought to mind a story you once told me that was conveyed to you by an acquaintance who is a couples therapist, which seems very apropos of this. Kindly share. I have a friend who is a couples therapist, and uh, we were out talking about another friend of ours who we knew was going through a divorce. The divorce was acrimonious, and there were small children involved. And... I was struggling with it because I understood our mutual friend's pain. I could feel it. Some of the stories that she was telling me did seem incredibly egregious. But on the other hand, there was something sticking in my craw about the talking about it. And I couldn't quite figure out what it was. And I guess it's important just to warn people that, like, I have a real woo-woo side to me. So, like... You have come to the right podcast. This this landed for me. Um, So I brought it up to my couples therapist friend, and I said, you know, I don't really know what to think about this or how to advise our friend going through the divorce. And she said, you know, when I work with couples who are splitting up and who are fighting. One of the metaphors I've come to use is an environmental one, that when we speak ill of people, we are adding atoms to the environment. So even if this person's children are not in the room when she's speaking ill of her husband, it's almost like that stays in the air. 
And it's the air that they breathe later on. Even if these statements are true. Even, even if he's if saying that person, he was late with his payment or he didn't pick up the kids from baseball practice in time or whatever, it still doesn't matter. Right. And so then I said to her, what is our friend supposed to do with her true feelings about potentially true things right. that happen? And she said, again, I use the environmental metaphor. We do have to find a way to dispose of sludge. We have to find a way to dispose of that which is toxic. But what we do is we handle it with care and we handle it in very specific ways. We don't simply spray it all over the place and spray it on the playground, spray it in the air that our kids breathe. We're very mindful about the ways that we process it and dispose of it. And somehow that that always stuck with me because it felt it felt right. We put them in special labeled barrels and we bury them <laughs> in a very specific way on a designated site. Alana Newhouse, that is very wise counsel. Thank you so much for being our guest. Thanks for having me. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, please go and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts and get your Take One t-shirts and mugs at tabletstudios.com. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Rusquet, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnik, Josh Cross, Robert Scaramucci, Courtney Hazlett, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one. Subscribe to our newsletter at tabletm.ag slash take one newsletter or email us at take one at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at take one dafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for take one podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic. <laughs> <laughs>